Girls and boys, your attention please. Presenting the second issue of Revolutionary Exchange Productions original audio comic book, Sploosh. I'm your host, the intrepid adventurer known only as Voiceover Man. After being bitten by a radioactive radio announcer, I was given the earth-shattering power to be able to talk like this. Sploosh is a superhero group. Not just any superhero group, but THE superhero group. Sploosh is the Society for the Prevention of Loser Overlords Who Want to Overthrow Society or Humanity and Weekly Book Circle. We join the latest Sploosh mission already in progress. Operation. Time for adventure. Location. M. Toynbee Memorial Supervillain Secret Undersea Base. Operatives. Everyone. Our heroes stand in attack formation in a large room filled with computers and various forms of technology, some of which seems alien. Minions rush to and fro doing various minion things, wearing all-white jumpsuits. None of them looks particularly combat-ready. The ceiling of the room is a transparent dome that shows a view from the bottom of the ocean, with various sharks and whales and jellyfish and mermaids and such swimming around. A Portuguese man-o-war can be seen in the distance. Hopefully far in the distance. A robot shark swims by in the background that says Slate Industries and its tail fin and what looks like the Dharma Initiative logo from Lost on its back. In the front of the room is a massive video screen that shows an array of missiles pointed in different directions. Digitally, each missile is overlain with the destination it's aimed at. New York, Tokyo, London, Paris, Munich, Los Angeles, and Minas Tirith. In front of the screen stands the Dustomancer. He is a slightly above average height white man who seems to be a really, really big fan of Magneto. His costume, which is white with gray highlights, looks a lot like the classic Magneto costume. Except that it has antlers coming from either side of his head and there's a large white star on his cape. Green Star takes charge of the situation. According to the mastermind, this one could be tricky and dangerous. Suddenly, a wall of dust rushes across the room and smashes into Bob, who is knocked across the room and into the back wall of the room. Oh my god, they killed Bob! You bastards! Bob stands up, dusts himself off, and waves, smiling. No, I'm fine. See? The Dustomancer has already shown us how dangerous he is. But he has the power to control dust? Dust is everywhere. Dust is powerful. Ribbon, take out his tech. But it's dust. Green Star concentrates and issues a green force field around the team. Ribbon steps up and emits a yellow ribbon. It flies outward from her and hits everything in the room except her teammates who are in a protective bubble. It seems like an EMP, or electromagnetic pulse in layman's terms, and it knocks out all computers and tech in the room, leaving only the emergency lights on. Minions stop minioning and watch in fear. You fools will rue the day! You invaded my base! Slaughterhouse is not intimidated. Rue the day? Who says that? Where once I lived in Radio City, and once I had a number one record, where once children and dogs laughed at me! Now I have the ultimate power! That of dust 
Stone Fancy! Seriously, is this guy like a cartoon character? He's no Fiona or Cake. Lies! I don't hear no more here on Truth! We aren't even the ones talking, villain. That's all you. And now, Black Star, I shall destroy you! Wait, did they just rip off Key and Peel? Get him! Let's take this guy out! They all rush at him, with the flying heroes flying and the rest rushing at him, guns and powers blazing. The Dustomancer screams in fear and ducks and cowers like Sean Hannity in a war zone. Location. The Banner Building. Everyone is back from the battle with the Dustomancer. None of the women heroes have any marks or tears on their costumes, but all of the men are dirty and have had their costumes reduced to tatters. Most are effectively in just underwear and boots. Bob is completely normal, as always. Ribbon walks in first. I need a bath. I'm starving. I have got to get out of this nasty costume. A near-naked sniper looks at her with disgust. The mastermind comes out of a door in the hallway and puts his arm on Captain Echo's shoulder. Captain Echo, may I have a word with you? Uh, sure. Catch up to you for dinner. Uh, okay. Actually, you're going to be a little late for dinner. You'll have to post your dinner recipe to Pinterest later. What is it now? Go get an unripped costume and we'll talk. Captain Echo walks away. After he leaves, the mastermind looks back down at the papers in his hand. You spent $2.3 million on what? Operation. Gluten-free. Location. Manhattan Central Bank. Operative. Captain Echo. In the sky, flying above the building is Glutina, who holds large bags of money with big dollar signs on them. She appears to have no visible means of flying. Her costume, which covers everything except her eyes and mouth, seems to have been woven from wheat. Surrounding her are cops with guns pointing at her, but no one is acting. The bank is huge. Manhattan huge. Large marble columns are in front. You have to tilt your head back to see the top of them as you walk into the building. And the marble above the columns, it says, Manhattan Central Bank, established 1842. Captain Echo flies onto the scene. I, the great and powerful Glutina, who possesses the power to control all gluten and... No. Captain Echo flies away. Why do I always get these crappy assignments? Operation TNA. Location The Banner Building. Sit room. Operatives Puppy, Green Star, Miss Starry, Ribbon. The full team sits in a fully white room around an ornate wooden table in full costume. In front of the table, the mastermind stands before a PowerPoint presentation that contains a jagged line chart with a popularity poll results for each of the heroes. He uses a laser pointer to point at the chart. Other slides come up in the PowerPoint that match each of the social media platforms he mentions, with examples, pictures from the heroes' feeds. The mastermind uses the laser pointer a lot. Okay, I'm guessing you're all wondering why I've gathered you all here today. It's morning. I figured it's the morning briefing. Is that a PBR? And normally you'd be right. We do usually hold morning briefings in the AM, but today I'm here to talk to you about something else, marketing. Uh, can I go back to bed? I had a late date last night. No, this is important. 
So I called you in this morning because we need to talk about social media. Good grief. In the background, Brute can be seen sucking on his thumb and snuggling a blue blanket like Linus from Peanuts. He jumps a little as Miss Starry speaks. Remember Sammy Jenkins? It's like you guys don't listen to a word I say. It is like that. I mean, seriously. T-Swizzle has 6,600 times as many followers as our team combined. How is that even possible? What are we doing here? The mastermind uses the laser pointer to point at a screen capture of Brute's Twitter page. He has four followers and has made one tweet. He is followed by no one. The one tweet he has says... Quack, quack. December 19th, 2017. What, what is a T-Swizzle? I think he means Taylor Swift. Oh, I quite like her. Yeah, me too. And none. Of you seem to know how to log on to Facebook. The mastermind uses the laser pointer to point at a screen capture of Brute's Facebook page. It shows a blank profile that only says his full name, which is Senator John Brutarski. It says he has zero friends. Seriously, Brute's Instagram is nothing but pictures of breakfast cereal. Brute likes Lucky Charms in chocolate milk. Instagram must know this. The mastermind uses the laser pointer to point at a screen capture of Brute's Instagram. The top picture is a sepia filtered shot of Brute smiling maniacally with Lucky Charms and chocolate milk visible in his mouth while he spoons more and more into his mouth. He's clearly having the time of his life, just like me. So I figure it's time for us to spruce up our image a little bit. Ladies, car is waiting out front for you to take you to Reardon's superhero costume emporium. Wait, our mission is to go shopping? Should we prepare to go as well? Um, nope. You guys have the rest of the day off. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's about time. I'm calling bullshit on this one. I should go call my brother. I don't know if he's doing okay. The women slowly start to stand up and walk towards the exit. The men slowly head back toward their quarters. Slaughterhouse follows the men. Jeez. Reardon's better help or we're screwed with these numbers. Location, Reardon's Costume Emporium. Shop owner, Philip Reardon. Reardon's looks like a high-end clothing store, but it has nothing but superhero costumes. Many costumes line racks on the wall and you can see people, some in costumes, some not, milling through them. Hello kitties and welcome to my emporium. Ooh, I've never been to an emporium before. Off to the side are the dressing rooms, and you can see various superheroes going in and out of the rooms in various costumes. Philip Reardon walks up to the assembled sploosh women, except Slaughterhouse, who is not present. Reardon approaches them with a massive smile on her face and her arms held out in greeting. She hugs and kisses Miss Starry on the cheek. She clearly knows her well. I have something for you, Miss Starry. Waiting in dressing room A. Miss Starry rushes off towards the dressing room. Reardon's assistant comes afterwards handing out plates with tiramisu and small glasses of wine. Miss Starry walks out wearing her normal pants and what is basically a tube top with stripes that are either blue or black or white and gold. Can't really tell. What color is this top? It's blue. It's white. It's ugly. Let's move on. I don't know. I like it. I think it really complements my laser stars. Philip Reardon invites Green Star to try on the next costume. Our mutual friend, the Mastermind, has the perfect outfit for you, Green Star. Green Star walks towards the dressing room. Who picked these costumes out? Larry Flint? Or my brother? I like mine. I'm going to wear it on my next date. It makes my boobs look amazing. I don't want to be here. I'm going to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Puppy stands up and leaves. I make costumes for stars. 
Not everyone is a star. Green Star comes out of the dressing room wearing a version of her current costume, but with a boob window in the top and fishnets that go from her ankles to well above the bikini line in an almost lewd fashion. There is no dignity in this uniform. I shall not wear it. She walks back into the dressing room. I won't be a part of this either. These make us nothing more than saucy eye candy. I have my own style already. These costumes are impractical and pointless. Some people have none of the fun. Ribbon leaves as well. Shortly, Green Star comes back from the dressing room again. What do you think of this one? Green Star is wearing the coolest, most battle-appropriate, badass women superhero costume ever. One that every little girl will be wearing for Halloween in two years' time. Now there's something we can all get behind. I know. I put in extra time to make sure that the ass was framed just perfect. Afternoon briefing. Location. Banner building. Sit room. Once again, the heroes are sitting around the ornate table in the all-white room. This time, Puppy is in front of the group, and the mastermind isn't present. Captain Echo and Brute are also missing. Okay, boys, wheel it on in! Through the room's one doorway, Captain and Echo Brute come through, pushing an eight-foot-tall and wide arch that makes a complete circle. It is completely made of steampunk technology and seems kind of thin and flimsy. In small print at the bottom of the arch can be seen the words, Slate Industries. They stop it right in front of Puppy, and everyone gets up and walks up to get a closer look. So what we've got here is our new ride. I am not riding that thing. Root neither! This gate leads us directly to any danger zone on Earth. Looks painful. Little bumpy things chase roots. How is that not going to get us killed? Yeah, this thing drops us right into the thick of things? No, no, it puts us in a safe place. How does it work? How do we know it's safe? Our good old friend, magic. And I've been testing it. Good magic or bad magic? Good magic, of course. It appears to be made out of the materials that come from your pouch. Why did it take so long to complete? Yeah, you've been talking about this thing for a year or more. This thing only has so much juice. It can only produce so much before it's tapped out and it has to regenerate its power. You've been testing it? How? First I tested it with inanimate objects, then with Eddie. And you know there is nothing in the world that I would do if I thought it would hurt Eddie. It's safe. You'll be safe. And you'll get where you're going a lot quicker. Quietly, the mastermind has worked his way into the room. He is reading a stack of papers on a clipboard. And it's just in time for its first use. The Whipster is back. What does he want this time? You know how stupid he is. So probably something stupid. I love you, Snipers. Snipers raises an eyebrow in response to Miss Starry's comment. He posted on MySpace today that he wants the Orioles to lose today's game. Hey, me too. He wants to do it by killing them. Ugh, me too. Okay, so who is going on this one? Certainly we don't need the whole team to take out one man with a couple whips. Nah, that was too harsh. Now I feel bad if anyone ever gets injured. Dang. No, but we don't want things to get out of hand. Green Star, Captain Echo, Snipers are the field team. Miss Starish a live tweet. Suck it, losers. Easy gig. It gives me time to check in on Tinder and OkCupid. Okay, everyone. Let's give this thing a go. Snipers, Miss Starry, Captain Echo, and Green Star get up and move towards the gate. So, we just walk through the portal? And it's not going to disintegrate us or anything? The cake is a lie. 
<laughs> I prefer to think of it as a gate instead of a portal, but yes, just step through. And we'll end up where? That's the fun part, and you know how much I hate spoilers. But it is safe. Of course, I've never steered you wrong yet, have I? Miss Starry, don't forget the hashtags for the team and for the Orioles and the Blue Jays. Let's maximize the PR on this one. It should be easy. The four heroes step through the gate, which glows brightly as each steps through and disappears. What will happen next to our intrepid heroes? Did the magical steampunk gate thingy kill them? Or did it put them right where they need to be? Only those who come back next month for the adventures of the most important superhero team ever will find out. Be there, or don't. I get paid either way. Kristen Sunshine, Slaughterhouse. Sean Logaz. Hi, I'm Bob. Jillian Caldillo as Riven. Tomikaze as Mastermind. Diana Liao as Miss Starry. Brittany Gates, Green Star. Samara Mizrahi as Puppy. Monica Schneider as Ms. Cadbury. Britton Lolly as the Dustovancer! Philip Reardon, read by Sean Fisher. Professor X as voiceover man. Gern Blanston as snipers. Michael Nasser as brute. Whiskey! Hi! As Glutina. Kaede Kendall as Captain Echo. As Written and directed by Kenneth Cornell. I'm recording, Smoochie.